brought to you by the Rugby Outlet Mall, equipping you for freedom and connection through rugby. Find out more at RugbyOutletMall.com. Yo, what's really good, everybody? I hope you guys have had a great weekend. What a, a crazy weekend in terms of celebrity deaths and everything. But you know what? Most importantly, welcome to Grow Rugby. My name is Gift Gift Time Ebelu. I love having you here. And yeah, this has been a wild weekend. Uh, in good ways, World, War, World Rugby put together their initiative to be able to uh, establish more women coaches in the game. Um, we have the fact that we have, you know, draft predictions coming up with, uh, MLR draft coming up soon. And, uh, we have, uh, well, I mean, the rugby world is still going through its own readjustment, trying to figure out what exactly is needed to be able to make sure that this pros Corona world establishes itself. But then on the flip side, yeah, we got like mad celebrity death. They're not rugby related but you know these are still like significant little richard and uh betty wright and uh you know jerry stiller and yo it just keeps going like this has been weird but big plus i know everybody in the u.s the u.s is starting to open up bit by bit uh going across the state you know it means though that we have to have our masks whenever we're going into public areas we have to make sure that we are conscious of our surroundings and make sure that our distancing is well um, until we can find out what happens with this whole corona stuff. But it looks like at least bit by bit we're having openings. It's uncertain what's going to happen with rugby um, because, you know, the either the crowdless stadiums, I don't know if that will work for here in the States simply because... The money's not being made off of TV deals, so we're going to have to be very wary about what happens when it comes to seventh season over the summer, if it even occurs. Um, you know, USA Rugby right now is refacilitating. It's readjusting all its bylaws and stuff like that, readjusting how it is, uh, um, its divisions in what its, what its overall dictation should be. Uh, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens next, but things have to be forced. And uh, frankly, for this guy, I'm glad to see that we have to do some innovation within the rugby world. But uh, hopefully, it just does not continue any negatives or n- anything significant like happens in the pop culture world. So, ah, it's it's going to be interesting. But for what it's worth, we got a great guest for you today. Um, this one is one that I. Really, I really enjoy talking with her. Charity Williams of the Canada Canadian Women's Sevens Team won the bronze back in 2016. She is a dynamic player, fast as hell. You know, really, really uh, awesome to talk to. Great story behind her. And uh, just a dope person overall uh, to, to have a conversation with. She was really, it was really informative being able to kind of see... Uh, just the mindset and the dynamic of a player who kind of just was whirlwinded into this world um, without reali- without realizing and without realizing exactly how fast and just how much it's taken to kind of get into development. So uh, it's, it's definitely something that I think you'll really enjoy listening to, um, you know, and, you know, 
it was just it was a good like I can't even say much. It was a good conversation. We have a good set of conversations, and this conversation was definitely sponsored by the Rugby Outlet Mall. And if you guys can see right here on the video, on the video, we have this. Uh, it's actually a um, a cutting board made by my guy James Lagone. Uh, he's going to be putting this up up in the Rugby Outlet Mall store, so we're going to have it for you soon. And there's going to be stuff more like this and more that you guys can use for memorabilia. Always, as with the Rugby Outlet Mall is, trying to equip you for freedom and network via rugby. We want to make sure that you have what you need to be able to use your rugby life and lifestyle knowledge in, on, and off the field in ways that you will be able to connect, whether it's through cultural connection, whether it's through game connection. We want to make sure, whether it's even economic, we want to make sure that we have you set up so that you can prep and be prepared. I guess that's kind of saying the same thing for what the world will have to offer and what you can bring as a rugby or as a rugger at least. So rugbyoutletmall.com. And we got a brand new code coupon code for you for all uh, gift time rugby network, HBCU rugby and travel stuff. Um, that is grow rugby. Simple as that. Just the name of the podcast. Grow Rugby, G-R-E-A-U-X, Rugby. And it's going to be 20% off all Gift Time Rugby, HBC Rugby Classic, and travel stuff uh, that is available. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, definitely check it out because we got some stuff coming up. Oh, my gosh. Yo, the documentary for uh, the trip to Asia is about to come out soon. You guys are going to want to watch it. I've seen the previews of it. I mean, I experienced it because I was there, but... You guys want to see it because this is a story that I think the rugby world absolutely needs. Uh, and maybe not even needs. It's just in this corona, post-corona world where we're having to now separate, like, to see that we can still connect and find ways to connect in in ways that rugby, we may not always realize through rugby. And just in general, uh, it, it's definitely one to be able to watch. So I'm going to let you guys know when we have an announced release date, but I just want you to be prepared. Just want you to be prepared. So... Rugby Outlet Mall, coupon code GROWRUGBY, 20% off all Gift Time Rugby Network and HBC Rugby Classic and travel gear uh, on on the website. So, yeah. So, needless to say, all right, no more talking. I'm not going to hold you guys up forever. I want to take you to Charity Williams, Canadian Olympic bronze medalist in rugby. Let's go. Grow rugby, 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 grow rugby. All right, welcome everybody. I love what we have today. We got another VIP guest for us today, uh, coming out of the Great North, the you know the the cap of the U.S. <laughs> Olympic third bronze medalist for the Olympics in her first try shows you the beast mode. <laughs> only Charity Williams. Charity, thank you so much for uh, just being willing to take the time. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. So you know, I have to say, I uh, you know, I've 2016 Rio Olympics. 
Yeah. <laughs> so much game changing in that. I, I think that was one of the – that was obviously the first time I think I ever saw you play. And then I think I've seen you over the course of the last – well, last four years, but definitely the last two years, playing within um, Canada Sevens, playing at USA Sevens, et cetera. But uh, you kind of built yourself into a little dynamo over the last four years. Almost like that bronze medal just made it go, like, made it go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the last four years have been crazy. Like, I remember when I went to the Olympics, I was the youngest on the team, and I was like just lost like I didn't know what I was doing I just I was so happy to be there but I was like how do you play like I don't know what's going on here <laughs> like, I was just so lucky to be there and the last players I've just been building and building and now I'm kind of this like player that you know like I, I make a big impact on the field and it's just it's such it's been such a cool journey Yo, like, it, it's, it's the wildest thing because it, it, I've always said that sometimes life has this tendency to feel more movie-like than the actual movies. And yeah. then you have, like, a situation like that, and you're like, yo, this is the ultimate movie. Like, yo, who, where's the cameras at? Yeah. <laughs> just right now. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, sometimes I just can't believe, like, this is a life that I'm living. Um, I'm, like, I'm so blessed. It's unbelievable. Yo, I love it. Well, look. Let's, let's kind of put this into the origin story. As any superhero, I like to make sure that there is uh, the proper origin story. We're going to Uncle Ben this a little bit. But, um, uh, you know, for you, kind of, what started you into this rugby journey? Like, what was that catalyst for you? Well, like, I, I was a gymnast for most of my life. And when I was around 14, I was like, okay, like, I want to go to the Olympics more than anything and gymnastics was my sport and I realized at a young age that like it wasn't really going to happen for me like I did not have the skills and I accepted that and I moved on. Wait wait so <laughs> quick question when you don't have the skills because I've also realized that the skills in terms of Olympic and, and from regular person to Olympic gymnast and then everybody says they don't have the skills so was it like you went into the air and then you tried to do like 32 flips and you were only able to get like 29 of them. And you're like, yo, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. After 29, I was like, no, no. This um, was like, ah, man, my cap. <laughs> so it's such a crazy sport. And like, you have to be super dialed in and you kind of have to put like all of your time and like everything into it. Um, and I just, you know, I didn't have the resources or really much growing up. And so it's, it was just kind of like, it wasn't really in the, in the books for me. Um, but yeah, so I found out that rugby was going to be an Olympic sport in 2016. And I was like, I have to start playing the sport. And I went to practice and I, or what was it? I think I went to a practice. We had like a week of practice and then we had a game and I made my first try in like the first like minute of the game. And I was like, this, ah, is, awesome. <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> Look, whenever you, whenever you did that, all right, was there this moment in your thought you were like, you know what, yo, this is cake. Like, I don't even, like, this was already meant for me. Like, it was already <laughs> called my name. Is this easy? What? <laughs> yeah, like, there's, like, especially back in high school, like, if you are, like, mediocre at sport, you're the best. Mm -hmm. You know, like, everyone is just, at, like, the level is just so crazy in high school. So I had, like, you know, this, like, little bit of athletic ability, and all of a sudden, I was the star of my team, and just crushing it, um, so, like, back then, I thought, oh, yeah, this is a walk in the park, like, I got it, and then, you know, I graduated up to the national team, I was like, oh, my <laughs> god, <laughs> just, like, thrown into the deep end, it was, like, learning rugby all over again, <laughs> it was crazy, 
wait, so so I, I read somewhere that you were like 16 whenever you got onto the national team initially. Yeah, yeah I was really young. Yo, that no, 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 no. There's there's really young. Oh, I was like 20 years old, and I was like, no, no, no. You were a baby. <laughs> that is wild. Like yeah, it was really crazy. So, like, what was what was that that process? Because I mean, we're talking about a massive jump here, and you know, coming from high school, I know Canada has really great high school programs, mm -hmm. but to go, hey, I am a I think, what, like 14, 15-year-old yeah. high school player to, oh, yeah, I'm going to start running with the Nash international people. You know, <laughs> these ones that have been, like, working for, like, a decade to try and get to this point. I, know, <laughs> yeah. um, I was, you know what, a lot of the times I was in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Um, I did work really hard. I loved it. I was passionate. Um, but, yeah, I, I, was, I played in high school, and I, I did a season of provincial rugby for Ontario. And in that, the one, like, we only had pretty much one tournament that, you know, involves the entire year. And in the summer, we had that tournament in Vancouver. And I got scouted by the national coach, which is John Tate, and at the time, our SNC coach, which was Dana Agar-Newman. And they did some tests. I think I did, like, a 40-meter sprint. I did some jumps. And that's honestly it. <laughs> and they were like, okay, let's go. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> So, so like I never even played sevens before ever. Real so everything had been yeah. fifteen. So it was just yeah. I have to assume that it just felt like a lot more open space that you had. Yeah, you I definitely was able to run more and like showcase a lot more of my skills. Um, but it was like I had no idea what was going on. Like even when I got scouted to the team, like I still didn't really understand the gravity of what they were telling me. They're like, "Hey, like you're gonna get on a plane, move to Victoria, you're gonna be carted," and I was like, "What? Like what does that even mean?" <laughs> <laughs> so like, that that that's so interesting because I, you know it's one of those things like we always talk about here in the states um like there's always been this this concept of uh the pay-to-play system you know where it's like yo if you want to go to the camps you know, pay this amount and you get to go to the camps you go to the next level you pay this amount and it becomes so much more of um if you have the resources mm -hmm. as opposed to if you have the talent so it yeah. kind of pulls away from, I, I think, sometimes from how deep it can go. So to be able to say that you were able to have that opportunity, and I'm also making the assumption that you didn't have to pay necessarily to go to each of the camps per se, or something to that effect. I don't know how Canada works. I don't know how you guys work up there. Yeah. <laughs> we, um, it actually, rugby, like, at the, the like, lower levels is actually a little bit expensive. And, like, I was lucky enough that I, I have never played to play, but a lot of my teammates growing up and going through the ranks have paid. And the only reason I didn't pay was because I, I literally could not. And mm -hmm. I was like, I either, I'm, I, I told the coaches like, either you help me pay or you pay for me, or I literally cannot play for you. Um, and I got a lot of, a lot of people stuck their neck out for me and, you know, sponsored me and um, helped me out a lot. And so, you know, I it, it's tough like a, a lot of kids don't have the resources don't have people looking out for them don't have anything and miss so many opportunities and I was so lucky to have you know somebody helping me and letting me like level up each time because I wouldn't have been like been here if I didn't have those people because I definitely could not have afforded to play rugby in Canada like so yeah. And so it that you know what and it, it brings it to that next point of where it always comes down to it's like how how our opportunities and networks are able to be mm -hmm. developed. 
But I'm going to get to that a little bit later. But I still want to kind of touch through this legitimately miraculous journey that just occurred. That clearly, now I understand, was supposed to be uh, uh, compelled. Uh, apparently, yeah. this was... <laughs> you were predestined for this. So we're going to jump yeah. into this all. I, oh, my God. It's, it's nuts. Like, I... Okay, so... From the first time I remember, like, remembering anything, I wanted to be an Olympian. Mm. So, like, my my childhood was absolutely ridiculous. Like, there's so many things happened. And it made me the person I am today. But, like, looking back, it doesn't make any sense how I got here. But I feel like I always knew, like, I always knew from forever that I would be here. So, no matter what I went through, like, my my journey never changed. Like, I never kind of like fell off or anything I always wanted it so much that regardless of what happened I ended up at the same spot which is yeah it's like nuts <laughs> no that's look I you know uh, so I, I've been doing this 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 rugby media journey for the last seven years or so like that and you never real like you said you never realize exactly how it's going to end up ending but you know there's like okay like for me, it was like, I know I want to do something. One was in business, but it was like, I want to do something in sports. I don't know what it is that I want to do. Everything has led me towards what would be football or track or anything like that. Okay. But then you end up finding this weird detour. And in this situation, it was rugby. And it's like, okay, all right. It's weird sport, whatever. All right, it exists. And then like, it just kind of takes you in this turn. And you're like, I didn't see that coming. But like <laughs> you said, you, you find yourself, you're like, no, this is where I want it to be. I just, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't really see this would be a process <laughs> towards it. Um, so, you know, for you, like, you're getting into this national level. You are legitimately not, like, who was the next oldest person? And I'm going to harp on this because of the fact of how wild this is. Who was the next oldest person that you had uh, when you entered into the team? Well, the next, the next person was actually, I think she was, I think we were the same age or a year older, but she was, um, like not really with the team for the first year she was she went to a private school like off so she wasn't she was around but not really so I was the only one who was really there full-time with the girls because I was still in high school but we they put my school like I had a, I was in a sports school so I trained half the day and went to school half the day yeah um but like it's but for the most part like most of the girls on the team were a good like 10 years my senior like my captain current like right now is I think she just turned 31 or something like that so like that's it's it is pretty nuts and like now the youngest girl on the team i think is like 17 or something i don't even oh. know who knows wow, that's that's impressive does it feel weird now being on the other side being like yo i'm the older one like yeah it does feel <laughs> well it's okay so my coach and all of the older girls still look at me as that 16 year old girl which is so annoying <laughs> But everyone else is like, oh, my God, I want to be just like Charity. And I'm like, yeah. And everyone else is like, okay, chill. I remember when she couldn't pass. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, look, look, she's forever little sister. Yeah, Calm, yourself. <laughs> Calm yourself, all right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, it, it's wild. Again, you see that changeover. And, you know, it, it's a maturing per process. So mm-hmm. you're going into height. You come out. You come into that first game. What was your first international game like for you? Because obviously high school, out the blocks, it seems like you were able to take it. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. My first game. That would have been in, like, 2015. So I, I was on the team for a year before I traveled with the girls. Um, and I think it was in Brazil. And I, I don't really remember much, but I do remember being very, very scared. Um, my coach actually started me for a game. And I remember we were in the locker room. 
and he was telling us the the lineup and he said my name and I literally was like are you sh- like are you sure like me <laughs> like I'm gonna start in the game like what <laughs> and I just remember being so afraid and I think he actually left me on there the entire game and I was like just I was so nervous um but the girls were always really supportive and like you know, they had my back out there, but I just remember being like, what, like, how am I even here? I remember the clock, like, they, it, they count down before you kick off for, I think it's like 10 seconds. I just remember like, okay, like, do I have any time to run? No? Okay, well, let's do it. <laughs> let's just get it done. Get it over with your first game. You can do this. Like, <laughs> Just make it happen. Do yeah. you feel like that's always, that's kind of been your mindset within this, the whole process, kind of just like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. What's going on? Yeah. Screw it. Let's make it happen. Yeah, literally. Um, yeah, now it's definitely more of like, okay, this is where I belong. This is what I'm doing. This is my life. But at the beginning, it was just, everything happened so quickly. And I was so young and I was so just new to rugby in general. And I was like, like, how did I get here so quickly? Like I made a plan in high school, uh, an eight-year plan to be on the team. And I was in it within two years. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh my God. I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> like, oh no! It, you know, it's 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 you, you know you. It's why we we can't control time. Yeah. Sometimes it takes way longer than we expect. Sometimes it's just like okay, oh, damn. <laughs> but so the other thing that comes into it then is not only are you on the team now when it comes to travel. Now, how do you? been able to travel prior to that i mean outside of the canadian canada area like yeah no before before i moved like i i was a member on the team i i'd been to jamaica only because i'm from there i have family there and stuff like once or twice but speed is making sense now yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) comes from somewhere um but yeah but other than that like i never i'd never seen any of the world and all of a sudden I'm going to like a country every couple of like every couple of months, I'm in a new country. Like, it's like, what the heck? How did that change up your worldview? Because I feel like one thing that is, and I'll say this, Canadians travel far more than Americans do outside the mm-hmm. country. But like for your perspective of the world, like what did international travel do? Like in the myth and facts kind of portion or did it have an impact at all in, in that manner? Yeah, like the one thing I, I do know is it definitely made me feel more strongly towards like my home and just Canada in general. And I really appreciate um, everything that we're offered and, give, and given here. Even the people who don't have much still have so much more than all other countries. And that's something that I think people, you know, don't really realize how lucky they are to be born here. Um, but other than that, like, it's it's crazy what the media puts in your head about other countries and when you finally go there and you see these people and you see how they live especially because we do play in a lot of um like in a lot of really poor um poverty-stricken countries and you just see how these people are struggling and like they need so much and like you want to give so much but like you you literally can't and it's like it's so crazy like i've never seen especially when we go to like dubai it's like literally one of the richest countries in the world, but there's so much poverty there. And it's like, unbelievable. Like you just can't imagine how somebody could have so much and so little, like 20 feet away from each other. The disparity is is wild. Yeah. Disparity is absolutely wild. Yeah, it's very crazy. But so, you know, you you get through this internet, your your first game, you're, you're, you've now, you've matured into it. All right. Mm -hmm. So 
the process of you going from, hey, this is my first game, 2015, and I have the Olympics in 2016. Yeah. Yeah, that was, well, this is the thing, it's actually quite funny. It's, it's funny now looking back, but it wasn't at the time. But I actually got cut from the team shortly after that first tournament. I went on one tournament that year in 2015, and I got cut like two months later. Um, and I was like, no, <laughs> like, this is not my story. Like, I am not ending here. Um, and I, I mean, for the most part, the reason why I got let go is because I was really young. Um, I, you know, I didn't know any better. And I think I, I, think I, I had such a hard time in my life previous that I just got on the team and I kind of like took a little bit of a break um, mentally, I think. And it really, and I just, I was, I wanted it so bad, but I was also really tired and I was really young and not mature enough to be amongst all those, you know, everyone who had been battling for so many years to be on that team. Right. So I think it just took me a little while before, like I kind of, you know, built my own confidence and whatever um found your essentially finding yourself like yeah literally yeah exactly and it's so hard because you have to be like like you get on this team and yeah you're 16 but you're amongst people who are twice your age and you just have to be ready and it is kind of tough in that sense um now now we have a lot of programs like maple leaf programs for girls and academy programs for girls coming out of high school to like kind of transition into that before it was like, okay, you're in it. Like figure it out. And you're like, Oh my God, let's go. Just rip the bandaid off. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I got let go and which, and I got let go. I think it was the Olympic year. I got let go and I pretty much trained on my own and with my, one of my coaches who was nice enough to, you know, train me on a spare time. Um, And I did that for six months and then I got recarded in January and like all of a sudden I was going to every tournament after that. And then I was selected to go to the Olympics and it was like, I was just kind of trying to get back on the team. Right. I wasn't like really thinking at that point that I was going to be an Olympian because, you know, I, I've not been on the team previously and it was just this crazy journey. And I was only 19 at the time. So I thought, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. And then it did. And I was like, Holy crow. Like this is the story of my life. <laughs> make it happen as good but that's that's the thing like it is you know and we're still it's still early in the story but it's just like it's so interesting how much of it was situational that's that's definitely one we can't take it off the table but force of will like of just like yo i'm sorry you guys are gonna have to deal with me like i'm not i'm not cut from the team i'm momentarily taking a break from you guys so i can get myself together but just know you didn't cut me I moved myself. <laughs> that is literally what happened because he, so, so I got let go and like a couple of girls got let go pretty much at the same time. And like within a week I emailed my coach being like, uh, I'm going to come back. Um, can I come join practices? And he was like, I guess. <laughs> and so I like came to our practice once a week and I had to get a job because obviously I wasn't getting paid anymore. So I was like working part-time practicing and then, like, little by little, he'd be like, okay, I need you to come to this practice and this practice. And then it would be like, I don't have any time to go to work anymore. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But I ended up just, like, not, like, I, I think I moved in. I, um, I have some family out here, and I moved in with them because I couldn't pay rent. And I just practiced with the team all day without getting paid. And I just worked my butt off until I got recarded. And it was 
like the happiest moment. And then from then on, I've, I've never taken a break. I've never given up. I've never, you know, like there's, there's just not been any time and any need. And I've never actually wanted to stop. I just, just got to keep going, I guess, you know? Oh, I love that. <laughs> because at, at that point, it's just like, yo, it's, it's in your blood now. Now it's in yeah. your system. It's no yeah. longer, I have to do it. It's like, yo, this, I just do. I just this, do. I just yeah, do. Exactly. All right. You know, so now you get to the Olympics, all right? Now we're changed. The stage has changed. Not only do you have the historical standpoint of first women's rugby team mm -hmm. in the Olympics, yeah. but, I mean, let's call it, you're in the Olympics, in Rio. You're kind of back where you started to begin with. Like, that's the weird part. Like, it all comes around full circle. Yeah. What was that stage like? Because from TV, obviously, you know, we were excited as rugby fans to be able to see that event. But from being the girl who dreamed about being in the Olympics to now walking in the, the, the ring of circle, the ring of fire, where everybody starts walking. <laughs> <laughs> the welcome parade or whatever. The welcome, the welcome parade. I like ring of fire. It feels so much more intense. Like you just, no. yeah, but yeah, um, walking within that, now you are legitimately, at that moment, you are officially an Olympian. Regardless yeah. of whatever the results happen, you are an Olympian. Yeah. What was that psychologically like for you? It was insane. I just like, I had, it felt like I, my life had flashed before my eyes. Like I had every memory ever. And it was just like coming through in those moments because I just, every time something terrible happened or, you know, I fell off my way or whatever, like I was just, you know, I, I just, I thought this is where it's meant to be. And then I was there and it was like, like, oh my God, like finally I've worked so hard for this. And I'm finally here. Um, yeah, it was just incredible. And like, the one thing I remember thinking is, like you said, like I, at this moment, regardless of what happens, I'm an Olympian and I will always be an Olympian no matter what. And my children can say that their mother was an Olympian. And I just think that is like the coolest thing. And it's like, it's always been something that I think about, like, honestly, all the time. Like, and I, I got this nice little ring that I wear on my finger every day. And it just reminds me. And I obviously have the, a ring for the Olympic tattoo because why not <laughs> but. <laughs> no, but, but no but it's it's real though like like yo this is this is like there's i feel like there's very few things that people can take from you it's obviously your your own experiences mm -hmm. your degrees and if you get a freaking olympic you're yeah. olympic, <laughs> i was gonna say we're gonna be like nah she wasn't there we're just gonna race her no we got tape all right yo, yeah. we got proof but but it, it is, it, it's now become the excellent. By the way, I always, I absolutely appreciate the fact that you have O-L-Y at the end of your name on Instagram. Like, like everybody has the PhD, your MD, yo, you have O-L-Y, and it is earned. It is earned. Like, I'll see it, and I'm like, yeah, no. But I definitely, like, it, it, at this point, like, it's not that it, it defines me, but it is a huge part of my life. And it's, it's been a huge part of my life since I can remember anything. And so like having it, like, I, I like, not that I, you know, shout out to the rooftops, but I like to represent myself as an Olympian, as someone who's, you know, worked so hard towards one goal for pretty much my entire life. So I, I do like, um, I, I, yeah, I, it's just, it's just awesome. <laughs> I can see it in the face, like, yo, that's like, that's, you know it's real when it's that good emotion you can feel. I can already <laughs> see it in the chest just welling. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Oh, but yeah, it, it, it's real. So, you know, you're in that moment. And I, I know even previously you may have played against some of these rugby players, but mm-hmm. in that moment, you're talking about literally the best of the best in the world. Yeah. You're in that consideration. We're talking the Porsche Woodmans. We're talking um, uh, 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 Charlotte Cassick. We're talking, you know, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on names. But we're talking about Australia, England, like all these yeah. powerful, strong, dope rugby players, yeah. and you're there. What is it like being down there? Because, look, a lot of people have an inference of what they expect from rugby. And I think, especially from a women's standpoint, I, it, it's, I'll put it this way. I think kind of backtracking for me, 2014, 2013, I think, was the first time I saw international women's rugby they had it here in atlanta well here in mm-hmm. atlanta over in atlanta i don't represent atlanta, but <laughs> over in atlanta um and so like when you saw it it was like i don't get how anybody underestimates this game i've never seen anybody so many people like even in the guys game i can see sometimes people lagging like mm-hmm. it's it's whether it's a competition or other there's a lag where it's like ah I don't have to do that much. But whenever I'm watching the women's game, there's no doubt that one, everybody puts everything into it. But two, like everybody's fast. Everybody's crisp. Everybody's tackles hard. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, no, this is a thing of beauty to watch. Like everybody's going. So, you know, on the field, whenever you're a part of it, what is that like? Like, is it like, what is it like? Paint me a picture. It's it's tough, like, and you do, like, you know that these are strong competitors, like, you know, rugby is at a place, before, like, back in 2014, 2013, I'd say there was, like, a couple teams that are at the very top, and there, you, there wasn't much movement, like, these were the core teams, and that was it, but now the game has grown so much, thankfully, that um, it is a competition amongst 12 teams. Every time you go, like, you just do not know what's going to happen, like, it doesn't matter who won last, who lost, whatever, like, it's an equal game amongst everyone. Um, and so it's, it's, it is hard. And it's like, you know, I think the biggest thing is that you have to go on the field knowing that you are going to win and you can't let, you know, someone's last tournament or someone's win record scare you or whatever, someone's speed, you have to act as if you are the best and there is no one else you can be. Because if you don't have that mindset, like it's, it's like, you just, you don't know what's going to happen. Right. And, that's something that I've always believed in. Like, not to say that, you know, you don't give other teams the respect that they deserve, but you have to put yourself in a position that, you know, you're, you're going to come out on top. So. No, and I think that's right because it, it is, it, it, it's, we always know when it comes to playing, it's, it's psychological first, physical yeah. second. Yeah. Uh, that, that mentality sets up. And when you're going and chasing down someone like Emily Scarrett, on a breakaway run like (laughs) (laughs) i mean too and like also like at this level like everyone like physically is the same like you're not gonna get here by not like everyone is at the same level it's just it's that little one percent that separates you and you have to tap into that so Um, and so for you what 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 was that setup motivation so i know you have it in terms of force of will but is there something like when you get to that moment in time, game time, where you're just like, all right, what is, this is where I'm tapping into today. This is what I'm tapping into and I'm going to make, I'm going to make my attack. I'm going to make my breakaway. I'm going to go 
110 meters across the field for a try in the most impossible college try. <laughs> yeah, I definitely like before a game, I, set, I write out my goals and stuff and things that I want to make sure that, um, you know, I, I deliver for myself on the field. Uh, the biggest thing is just like, I, I want to be the best I can be for my girls. Like, you know, if, if Rex sevens is just such a fast paced game that if one person's off, like it does really affect the entire field. And so like we, for me, and I think for, if I can speak on behalf of my team is like, we all want to be the very best we can be in that moment and every moment of that game for each other. And that's kind of how I think that we push through and, and often like, you know, play really well and come out of like the most ridiculous scenarios. Like there's so many times where we're, we're battling back and, you know, we score a try in overtime after like two minutes or whatever, you know? And so I think it's just like, we we mostly do it for each other. It Like it, the, the, the pain that you see in each other's faces, like at the end, if you, you know, if, if we, if we don't make it, like nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to feel right. that. Um, so we just try to fight for each other as much as we can, honestly. And that's kind of what gives me and I think most of my team that, that drive to keep going and, and make those tackles and make those runs and run even when it's burning, like, and we just try to pick each other up. Like, I know there's, there's times when, you know, someone just gone on a really long run and I have to be there to make a tackle. And I'm like, and someone's like, yo, like, can you go take that for me? <laughs> like, yeah, I got you. Or like the other way around, you know, I'm like, I can't make it. Like, you gotta go. <laughs> they'll just be like all right don't worry <laughs> like, just they'll, they'll take it like so, like one like someone's gonna take all that shit on their back sorry excuse my language yo yeah. <laughs> yo that's real again it's it's real you know and 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 again it is that it, it, it creates a force of will that's just, mm-hmm. you you have to have that you have to be able to use that so okay so almost done with the origin story because now i get to go to the question that i really wanted to ask but i want <laughs> that we understood and because once you guys have gotten that bronze and you guys have essentially etched yourself in history, like it's more than you just being an Olympian. You guys got the bronze medal. You guys are the first, first medalists in rugby in the Olympics, yeah, in we women's also, rugby in the Olympics. It was cool. Um, not like we were also the first Canadian team to medal because our, unfortunately our men's team in 2016 didn't qualify for the Olympics. So we were the first like Canadian team to be in the Olympics and to medal, which was just unbelievable. It's wild. Yeah. That is that is wild beyond like you've already etched yourself in the Hall of Fame just by that <laughs> factor alone. So you know, no, it is done. So it shall be written. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so now that the Olympics is done, and this is where it becomes interesting because I think this is whenever I started actually seeing you pop up a lot more. Um, you know, one thing that I I, I will say that. Uh, made it very interesting for me to to talk with you was the way that you've been able to start branding. Obviously your IG, I feel is like your main mechanism, mm-hmm. right? And it's where it seems like you tell your most story. For you, what is it that, uh, what is it that you are, what is kind of the message that you, you like try and make sure that you're, you're showing within your sketches? Because you kind of bring a breath, you bring it, it feels personal, it feels empowering. It feels inspirational. Like for you, is is there a direct method of posting or direct purpose for posts that you have? Um, it's not like, yeah. I think I definitely like to sh- to showcase, you know, what makes me happy and like kind of what just things that that 
I do throughout the day and throughout my weeks and stuff that just kind of bring me joy. But there's a message that I try to do deliver often is, um, is mostly, you know, towards young black girls and boys, honestly, is that they can do absolutely anything they want and they don't have to be locked into a box. Like <clears throat> I feel a lot of, um, you know, young black kids are these days. And I think that's my biggest message is that you can be whoever you want to be and you can get anywhere you want. You just honestly have to work hard. It's, it's work. It's not, it's not going to come easy. Um, you do have to work, but it can happen. And I think that's something that I've always strived to, to share with, um, you know, my followers or people or whatever. Um, so yeah. And, and just, and also like, you know, people's bodies and stuff. I always remember getting bullied when I was younger for being strong and fit and, you know, looking like a boy, I guess, whatever. And, you know, and now I, I like to deliver the message that you can be strong, you can be fit, you can be sexy, you can be whatever, and, you know, still be great. You don't have to feel bad about yourself or, you know, I, I feel like my strength, my body is my superpower. It's what's, it's what's gotten me to where I am. Like, I'm so, you know, I'm so lucky to, to, to have these, to have like this genetic ability. And I feel like people get pushed down for looking different when it's honestly like a freaking superpower. Right. It's so awesome. So, yeah. No, I had, no, I had that same conversation with uh, uh, Angie Elena from, uh, with the Swiss team. She mm -hmm. kind of has the same kind of concept that you have. And she said the same thing. It was like, look, you know, we're trying to be able to show that you can be, you can be woman and there's any, there's multiple forms of being able to do it and you should be proud of it and you should be strong. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of times it comes with it. Well, I think we always say controversy creates the most attention mm -hmm. and the best way to do that is, is in things that will attract it because of the fact that it makes the message powerful because you preach yeah. what you, you act on what you preach. So mm -hmm. I, I like that you have that instance. And then the other fact of it is, when it comes to young, you know, young black kids like that one, you know, especially in a sport like rugby. Like I remember whenever I first started doing rugby and, you know, for what it's worth, like I, I like to call it the Tommy Boy rugby from the movie Tommy Boy, <laughs> where it was like you, the perception of the rugby player was, yo, it's the crazy white boy <laughs> who just likes to run into stuff and... Yeah. Yo, I don't even know why, because, yo, this is only a white folks sport. Like, it's just <laughs> that reiterating factor. But then, like, you start to step out, and then you get, like, one, the, 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 the fraternal network element that comes with this sport, which is super weird on mm -hmm. its own, uh, comparatively with other sports, I, I think. Um, and then the next part is then you go international, and it's like, yo, there's so many opportunities yeah. that can be taken because of the fact that this fraternal network also works with this wide ranging global reach. And yeah, yeah. it's like, yo, why aren't we tapping into that? Like, and, and not from just, you know, an athletic level, but also from uh, an executive level, from a logistics level. Like it, 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 it feels like this is something that's, it's old, but it's young in its actions. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, yeah. rugby too is like one of the fastest growing sports in North America right now. So like people are just like jumping onto it because it's, it's just, it's so successful and it's so much fun. And it's literally something that everyone can do no matter your size, shape, whatever, like male, female, like everybody can play rugby. There's literally a spot for everyone. And that's one of the reasons why I love the game so much because it's so inclusive. 
um and yeah it's just it's just such a great game <laughs> <laughs> great game great culture like it's real and it, it, it again you know I, I i've always been a big believer we have all sports have their own element to it yeah but i think whenever it comes to the combination where it's not just if I'm with my team and this is my people and that's solely it. And we work within this dynamic. It feels that regardless. And I want to ask, you know, when you're after you're playing your, your opponents, like what's your interaction with these other women that play that you've played against? Like, do you, do you get to, have you created relationships with them or is it kind of just like, you know, we play and then we kind of go our way. Like, how has that worked for you? How have you seen it go on the bigger scale? Yeah, um, it is It is actually so funny because for sevens, at least, like when we travel to tournaments, um, usually then all the men from the series stay in one hotel and all the women from the series stay in one. So we see each other like throughout the entire week that before we actually play. So it's just so weird because we'll be like, you know, at lunch, we'll go, hey, how's it going? Like, I'm going to play you in my first game. I hope you lose. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but you're like oh yeah like how are you like but it's and it's it's all real but it's just so funny because you know we're these like as soon as we go on the field we're these competitors and you know we go neck and neck and we fight and we don't give an inch um but then we'll sit down and have a have a drink at the end of it you know and it's right. a weird community <laughs> <laughs> like it's so weird like, yo aren't i supposed to still kind of hate you yeah. after that? i mean like i personally i'm like yo you know what it's good i'll stay here you stay over there but like <laughs> so that's <laughs> one of my teammates a lot of my teammates have actually made a lot of connections with a lot of the other teams um and i i think it's really great i'm just it's just really not for me but i <laughs> i do <laughs> i do think it's awesome and it's, it's cool that they you know because now you have this connection with someone from another country and you know, if you ever need anything or if you're ever there, then they kind of hook you up. But it's, it's, it is a really cool environment. And I think it's, it's like, yeah, it's pretty, pretty sweet. <laughs> you know, and so kind of even within that connection, as you've started building your brand, you just, I've seen you in more and more articles, everything like that. Like, have you started looking at what it means for the future? Obviously game to game, there's always something, but for you now that you are, uh, more of a veteran in this. What do you, have you started kind of looking at, okay, this is what my legacy, I want my legacy to be. You know what your legacy wants to be on the field, but do you know if you've kind of started looking at what you want your legacy to be kind of off field as well? Um, yeah, like I, I. <laughs> it's okay, you take your time. You take your time. The heat is on. No, <laughs> Well, I mean, okay, so I, I've obviously, my dream has always been, to, has always been to be an Olympian, but because of the way my life has gone, um, I also really want to help people. And so one of the biggest things that I love so much about where I am is I have a huge platform um, that's only getting bigger and bigger. And I, I love that because I can reach out to so many different kinds of people. And the one thing I wanted to do, you know, uh, post rugby or post my career, um, in sport is to just help like young individuals, uh, youth kind of find their way and stay on a, stay on a path or find a path in general and just, you know, not get sucked into whatever it is that's pulling uh, maybe where they live or who their friends are, or whatever it is, what they don't have. Um, I've just, I've always wanted to help people and, you know, give people the tools and the resources that I was so lucky enough to receive when I was, you know, in a very unstable position growing up. 
Um, I actually just got accepted into school today, this morning. Uh, for congratulations, <laughs> yo! All my applauses, yo! Congratulations. Yeah, um, I got accepted into school this morning for uh, a child and youth program. So, yeah, yeah it's just kind of like just building the little boxes of what I want to put my life towards post um, sport, I guess. No, like, dude, I. I, I, I'm always a favor in favor of everybody getting their education, but I especially love the fact whenever it's something that you know is going to lead to an impact larger than oneself. Mm -hmm. And to be able to say like child, you said child development? Yeah, child and youth. Child and youth, like, mm -hmm. again, you, you're starting with the core. You, you're starting with the base, and that's, that's so awesome. And it, it changes the person. So one way or another, big congratulations, Charity. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy for you. I don't know if that means anything, but I'm so happy for you. <laughs> so, but, you know, I, I, love, I love the fact. And, and so for you kind of last questions, you know, like you said, you've had a lot of opportunity. Um, and for you, it's, it's been developing within this network. Like, how do you feel that you can kind of begin to maybe help as, as you want to be able to help others kind of, interact into sort of the network that you've had and kind of figure out how to be able to connect, create that connection where they can be able to thrive and, and, yeah. and develop. Well, I feel like the first thing um, and the biggest thing is just, you know, showing people that it's possible and showing people that there is, there are resources out there. You just have to, you know, pretty much find them or, or kind of put yourself in a position where like you can come in contact with someone who can help you. And I think, um, you know, right now I can't really do too much because I obviously I am, you know, 100% committed to my current career. But I think the biggest thing that I'm doing right now to kind of set that up for the future is just putting it out there and showing my story and telling people that it is possible. Um, and if I could help, you know, one person by sharing my personal uh, journey with the world, <laughs> which can sometimes be a lot, but whatever, um, I'm I'm so happy, you know. So I just yeah, for right now, it's, it's, it's almost really as much as I can possibly do because I can't really be um, where I want, you know, because of my career. But um, I am always looking for ways to help um, and just ways to be there for my community and my friends. I just, I always think about, you know, if I had slipped through the cracks, like my, my whole life, like, I, I can't believe sometimes I'm here, I'm living in my own place, like, I have, you know, like, I have a job, like, I have a career, and I, it's just, it's so unbelievable to me, and there's so many people that I grew up with who are in a different place than I am, and, you know, some people who are in jail, some people who are dead, some people who are on drugs, you know, all this stuff, and, and that could have been me, and that scares me, and it just, it, it makes me want to help so many people to, show them that you don't have to go down that path. And like, there are so many people who really want to help. You just have to, to want to almost help yourself and to want to find those people. So, yeah. That's real. Look, you know, one thing that we do down here uh, every year, it's called the HBCU Rugby Classic, Historically Black Colleges and uh, Universities Rugby Classic. Yeah. And, uh, you know, try and get all these uh, high schools, particularly, you know, uh, black and brown kids, coming down to be able to play anybody can play but primarily it's you know black and brown so mm -hmm. look in one of these years because we have to have to cancel it for this year for very obvious reasons yeah <laughs> but you know if there's a chance to be able to get you down and to be able to talk with them we're talking about you know 200 high schoolers and 
uh, college students and adults and whatever. But, you know, I'd love to be able to have you come down. Just kind of, you know, talk to them. Let them know what's up. Tell your story a little bit more and just get into interactions. So because uh, I think it means a lot, um, you know, as as with your story as a woman, as a black woman, as a black young black woman on the rise. Like there's so much. Plus, clearly you're blessed and highly favored. So <laughs> we may as well try and see if we can tap into some of that. Over <laughs> Yeah, I, I would love that for sure. If there's ever an opportunity, I'd totally be down. No. Well, look, Charity, I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. Where can people find you? I always keep forgetting to tell people that where can people find you? And, you know, if anything, maybe ask or at least be able to watch your journey. Yeah, um, you know, you can follow me on Instagram. My name is Charity Williams. <laughs> Come on, finish the full name. Finish the full name. <laughs> Why are you cutting it off? Full title. That is it. At Charity Williams is two S's. <laughs> um, and uh, we actually, my team, one of my, my teammates, um, and like a couple of us actually made a team account that you can follow the team's journey. And we get like some sweet behind the scenes clips and stuff. It's called A2020 Vision. It was supposed to be for the Olympics, but obviously now it's in 2021, whatever. Um, but yes, follow that, follow me, and I, I'm always, you know, answering questions. I love speaking to people. I love helping people out. So if anyone ever wants to, you know, just send me a note, I will get back to you. Um, you know, let's have a little conversation. <laughs> awesome. Yo, thank you again so much. Yeah, no worries. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. Yo, again, like, I, you, how do you not love this? How do you not love these conversations? Like, charity was awesome great i had you could tell i had fun and you know we had a good time you guys definitely check her out on her instagram great follow over there um and you know look we got even more we got more coming up soon we got even more interviews coming up uh uh and over the course of the next several weeks and coming bringing in more information but definitely go take a look back at our interviews that we've done in the past last week we had Last week, we had Saifedean Safir uh, from Morehouse College. Uh, previous to that, we had Blaine Scully, USA Rugby, Leicester Tigers, Cardiff Blues. Uh, we had Chisa Abelu on it with Pedal, getting you ready for uh, uh, un- for world as an athlete uh, in either economically or uh, in academics. Uh, Angie Elena from Switzerland, Naya Tapper, USA Rugby Sevens, uh, Raheem Vital and Mike Toussaint from Prairie View A&M, uh, Phil Thiel, former USA Rugby, Dave Rhymes, all American USA High School All American and Atlantis Rugby player, uh, and Tiana and Kyle Granby of Roots Rugby. Guys, check them out. Great, great interviews. Great listens, dropping gems all day. You guys don't want to miss any of it. It's here. Check it out. Share it with your friends. Let them know. I love giving this to you guys. I love getting to have these conversations. And I hope, really, you guys are enjoying it, too. I I just want to make sure you guys are getting value, knowing that there is so much in the network and freedom of opportunity that we have while we get to play this wonderful or get to be a participant of this wonderful sport. 
But needless to say, I've said this a lot. Needless to say, I hope you guys have a great week. I hope you have a great one. I'll check you guys out next week, Tuesday. Sorry, last week was late. You know, it was my birthday last week, Tuesday. And I ended up just posting out on Wednesday. But I have no more birthdays until next year. So <laughs> we should be good. I can't wait to see you next week. You guys, tune in. Check us out on Gift Time Rugby or HBC Rugby Classic. And definitely check out RugbyOutletMall.com. You guys have a great one. I'll talk to you later. Cheers.